lock and load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry. Good morning and welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. This is a fine Saturday morning. We've got a lot of uh, things we want to talk about. I have a special guest in the audience that uh, many of you probably have heard on the radio. You may know a little bit about him, but when we get through, you're going to know a whole lot more about him. Mike (laughs) Brooks, uh, who is currently sitting in for Brian Joyce over at Y106 and has uh, set in for Kimmer and has set in for Shannon Burke on Kimmer or on uh, Y106. Uh, sorry, but I think of that as Kimmer Station. Right. <laughs> News Radio 106. There you go. That's it. It, it. it is Kimmer Station. He yeah. is the uh, he's the, the the master of ceremonies, yeah. if you will, of yeah. uh, daytime talk, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. So we're going to talk about just uh, whatever comes up today. We we don't really have an outline, unless as I normally don't have an outline. Uh, whatever comes into our minds, what we talk about. Uh, first thing I want to talk about, though, is we do have uh, three bills that. Uh, we told you last week were passed by the House and are now sitting in the Senate. Uh, when we were here last week, we didn't know where they were going to be assigned, but they've all been assigned to the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee. My understanding is at this point, unless uh, there's a change, those buildings will be heard next Wednesday. Uh, in I believe it's in the CLOB, but you'll be getting an update to tell you when it's going to be. Now, why the, the time. why the Judiciary Committee instead of Public Safety? You have to get that answer from the Lieutenant Governor. Okay. <laughs> the only thing I can tell you, what we've said in the past, and, and hopefully it's no longer true, but uh, what we've said in the past is that's where good gun bills go to die. Well, let's, let's hope not. They either go to die or get emasculated, one of the two. But um, the, this year they did make a change. I don't know why they've – we've asked the question why it doesn't go to public safety. Right. And that's where we would like to have it. That that uh, chairman is, is much more uh, gun-friendly than the judiciary chairman. Uh, in the past, they sent him to Judy non-civil. But this year they did away with Judy non-civil. So apparently the, the lieutenant governor decides that's where he wants the bills to go. He's the one that, that says that's where we're going to go, and that's mm. where they are. So we have to live with what we've got. Now, what are the differences, Jerry, between last year and this year's bill going through the Senate right now? Well, uh, last year, uh, the difference this year is basically the uh, daycare centers. The college can declare three daycare centers off limits. Now, what we have found out from last year's bill, there was a survey done that showed that about uh, 90-something percent of all daycare centers on college campuses were in dorms, and those are off limits anyway. So this doesn't really add to much of the locations that are off limits from last year's. And you will be allowed, there are guard doors in front of these daycare centers, and they're also pre-K as well. They're not just Mm -hmm. daycare centers. And there are guard doors in front of them that you can walk up to that door, but you can't go through it with a firearm. So the whole building is not off limits if it is a, a daycare or considered a daycare right. or pre-K. But anything past that guard door is. So uh, it's it's an awful lot like it is last year. Now we're we're trying our best to not get any poison pills uh, added, amendments added to it that yep. would 
uh, give anybody cause to veto it. We figure if uh, if he wants to veto it, he's, he's probably got enough to veto it already. He being the governor, he's right. the only one who can veto, obviously. So I don't think we need to to add anything to it that would detract from the bill. And that's what we've told our members. We're we're telling our members to contact them, tell them uh, no amendments. We want it just like it is. So does have you heard any inklings if anybody on the Judiciary Committee has any heartburn with the bill this year as it's going through now? I have not heard anything of that. Now, obviously, some of the people do because they're Democrats and, you yeah. know, Vincent, right. Vincent Fort probably has some. Oh, of course. It, you know, but, but the sun comes but up, you'd the, have a problem with that. That's right. But the, the pro-gun uh, senators, uh, as far as I know, do not have a problem with it. I have not heard anything. That doesn't mean they don't, but I have not heard anything. There's nothing been voiced to us or to our lobbyists. So when do you <laughs> expect uh, the judiciary, uh, Senate Judiciary Committee to, uh, to vote on this? Well, it, it should be next Wednesday. Hmm. It should be next Wednesday. And then uh, we're running down. Right now, I have to look at the books, but uh, today is uh, day 31. So that means we have nine days, including today, before the bill has to be passed uh, or sent to the governor. Uh, and next Wednesday, I'm not sure which day that is, but that could be one or two days. I think next Wednesday is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They're meeting, so that would be about 30 three or four yeah. uh, when they vote on it. So, And then it has to go to the Rules Committee, and it'll sit there for a day or so. It has to come back to the floor of the Senate. And then they could put amendments on it on the floor if they don't en- engross the bill. And then if it, they do change anything, then it has to go back to the House to go through their procedure to either accept, reject, or accept and amend. So hopefully no amendments, no changes. Hopefully no amendments. It gets through with the Senate like it did last year. It'll go directly to the governor, and then the governor can can sit on it for his time and and decide when he wants to sign it, put it into law, or veto it. Yeah, if, if so, I recall correctly, last year I think I know there was a lot of people he waited sat there the with bated breath, <laughs> and he waited till the last the very last minute. Day. Yes, he did. And uh, last and then he vetoed it. Yep, then he vetoed it. God. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, it happens. We uh, we take it in stride. We come back uh, this year with basically the same yep. bill. And if he vetoes this, we'll be back next year with the same type bill. We we do not give up. We're we're tenacious. We're hill biters to a degree. We just we <laughs> we we were. Um, and this is kind of a segue into to some of our history. When we started off, we went down there not really knowing a whole lot. Went down and, and uh, our uh, president at that time was Ed Stone, and he went down to uh, a committee hearing in the House on a gun bill that was nothing but a uh, a um, uh, parking lot bill. Hmm. You could have your gun in the parking lot, right? And Ed sat in and and made his spiel about what he felt about the bill, and uh, Tim Bearden was the author of that beer bill. Uh, Tim Bearden was a state representative from Villarica and a pro-gun, very pro-gun. He was our first uh, legislator of the year. And when he got through, he said, he told me before, when he was sitting there, he saw Ed coming in and <laughs> and he says, gosh, who is this guy? Is he for us or against us? Is he, you know, what's he going right. to do? Is he going to rip me up? Because I don't know what to expect. And it was also funny because Ed introduced himself and said, I'm Ed Stone, president of georgiacarry.org. The chairman of the committee looked at him and says, who? 
and he and he said Ed Stone, president of GeorgiaCarry.org. And the chairman said, I don't believe I've ever heard of that organization. And as Tim said, nobody on that committee had heard of us. But the chairman of that committee was a fellow by the name of David Ralston. Hmm. And he's heard of us now. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. So, uh, but at any rate, when that when Ed got through talking, he left out of the hall. And the room that they have they had those meetings in at that time, or those hearings in, had two doors, one for the re- legislators and one for the, the people that were speaking. And so Ed got up and left, and Tim Bearden went out the back door and hollered at him and said, hey, we need to talk because we can help each other. Wow. And so Tim got us with some pro-gun legislators in, on both sides, on both chambers, and we discussed what we needed to do, told them what we wanted to do, why we wanted to do it, and what we needed to do. And one of the, the best piece of advice that they gave us was, face it, you're not going to get everything back at one time. Ask for everything you want and accept <laughs> what you get. Yeah. Because that moves the football down the field just a little bit every time. And that's exactly what we've done. We've asked for everything. We didn't get it the first time. Sometimes we go back on the second time we get it. Sometimes we come back on the third time. Sometimes we're back even further because there's still some things that we originally wanted that we haven't gotten yet. But it's progress. But it's progress. And we keep moving the ball down the field to where we are expanding places where we can carry and uh, and getting our rights restored. And they, it, Tim was right. They they were not taken away in one fell swoop. Right. It was incremental, uh, whatever you call that word. Incrementalism. Incrementalism. Right. I'll get it in a minute. You know, <laughs> you know how these guys from Texas are. They they kind of get their words mixed up go. from time. Big words really, really throw us for a loop. So. With no pictures. <laughs> With no pictures, it really would get you. But uh, – but we have done that, and we continue to do that, and, and we will continue to do that. We treat the people down there with respect because that's what they deserve. They're there to do a job and, and so forth. Well, the other day when you were on with me on uh, News Radio 106.7, you were saying that Georgia was way down in the list we were. when it comes to gun yeah. rights of yep. all the 50 states. That's correct. We were. We were down at about um, – uh, we were down at about uh, number 43, and we had more. We were 43 worst state, 43 wow. worst state, and we had more places off limits than any other state in the country. It's amazing. It is amazing, and nobody believed it. I mean, even even our representatives thought this was a gun-friendly state. Our our people at the Capitol said, "Well, what gun laws do we need to change? We, we don't we don't have a problem here. We're 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 strong gun laws." And, and then, as we told them. Or so they you know, thought. Or yeah. so they thought. <laughs> and as we, as we told them and worked into it, then uh, we found out. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. We've got to come, got to take a little break here. And before we go, I want to remind everybody to go to georgiacarry.org, our website. Join up. We need everybody out there to help us fight this battle to get our uh, Second Amendment rights restored. And uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at, at georgiacarry. I'm at GotYourBack64, and uh, uh, just uh, join us here in a few minutes when we come back, and we're going to discuss some of the history, and we're going to learn a little bit more about our guest, Mike Brooks, and I'll tell you who we're going to have on uh, this program next week as well. So we'll be right back. And now, back. To GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio. I'm here with Mike Brooks, 
And I also uh, neglected early to tell you that our GCO member who runs the board, Marshall Parker, is uh, doing another fine job uh, and running the board. And we talked a little bit in the previous session about uh, HB 280, the campus carry bill. Uh, we've got two more bills over there that we want to discuss a little bit. One of them is a small bill in that that it's, uh, you know, half a page, maybe quarter page. It's HB 406, and it has to do with reciprocity problems. We have, back last, uh, last year, Virginia decided they would do away with reciprocity for most of their states. Yeah, the wonderful governor. The wonderful governor and the attorney general decided they were going to do mm-hmm. that. Well, the, the General Assembly, or the legislative branches, whatever they called it up there, went back and passed 50-state reciprocity. So instead of them having 21 or so states that they had to recognize, now they have all of them that issue a license that will recognize them back. Well, they contacted our attorney general here and said, we want reciprocity because we've extended reciprocity to you. We'd like to have it back. And our governor, our lieutenant, our attorney general, excuse me, uh, said no. Uh, the, the, the statute says that any state that gives uh, recognition to a license issued by Georgia means all license issued by Georgia. We have some licenses that are issued to people under 21, 18 to 20, who have been in the military, who have been trained in the military, and who have... Uh, gotten out of the military honorably before they're 21 years old. So, you know, they go over to, to Afghanistan right. and carry a, a fully automatic weapon to protect their lives and, and, and try to protect the country, but yet they come back to Georgia and they can't carry a weapon to protect themselves. So we, we put that in HB 60 in 2014. Well, uh, Virginia has a law that says nobody under 21 can carry a handgun. And they also do not have, here in Georgia, we have, I think you, you come under the 1611-130, the exemption uh, statute uh, being uh, retired, retired law enforcement. Law enforcement okay. yeah. Well, the military is also under that here in Georgia, but they don't have that same thing in Virginia, so you can't fall mm. back on that. Right. So our attorney general said, no, we're not going to give you reciprocity. So people from Virginia... We can go up there and carry on our license, but they can't come down here and carry on their license because of that particular right. ruling. Well, we file suit. Of course, that moves through the court so slowly, and the NRA's got a convention coming here next month. Yep. So we file this bill along with the NRA to get uh, to restate it to where any state that does not recognize anyone under 21 is not a disqualification for reciprocity. Gotcha. So this bill is very important. Uh, we don't want any changes on that one. We want it signed. And it's also um, most of our bills go into effect on July the 1st. This one would go into effect on the governor's signature. Now, where is that? Where does it stand right now? It's in the same committee as uh, the other two bills. And they will, uh, we believe that to be, yeah. yeah, we believe that to be heard or that will be heard next Wednesday. We don't really see any problem with that. It sounds like a no-brainer bill. to me, Jerry. It, it is to me, too. But there's a lot of things that are no-brainers to me that, <laughs> that, that other, people, other people seem to, to not think that way. I hear you. And then there's uh, HB 282. That's uh, kind of what we're calling an omnibus bill. It's the same basic bill, or at least it started out the same basic bill, as 1060 was last year, which was the other bill, gun bill that 
uh, Governor Dale vetoed. He vetoed two gun bills last year, campus carry and HB 1060. And the reason he uh, he says he vetoed that was because um, in prior to 2014, you couldn't carry a firearm in a church, and the church couldn't give you permission to. You it was against the law for you to carry in that church. Um, so HB 60 allowed the churches. I carry mine to church. Well, <laughs> uh, and and you're exempt from the law, but you right. can still be you can still be fined a hundred dollars because because of the fact that they if they don't want it there, uh, and it is private property. We we've yeah. always wanted churches to be treated as private property. They were part of the public gathering law, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Right. And um, so until then, you couldn't even carry in a church. So they at with HB sixty, they said, okay, it's a hundred dollar fine if you get caught. And it, uh, it's just like a speeding ticket, which is good except for one thing. You can get your license revoked uh, over that yep. for carrying in an in a, uh, um, off-limits location for five years. Wow. And so, <clears throat> and you might not get it revoked, but— I was just kidding. I don't carry mine in church. <laughs> <laughs> you, you may not get it revoked, but if you don't get it revoked and you're still convicted of that, when they go back and find it— you still got five years from that time uh, in order to get it. So if if you had, uh, say, you had a year to go on your license and you were arrested for carrying in a church or given a ticket for carrying in a church, then when your license come due next year, you got four more years to wait. Now, how many incidents have we heard of shootings in a church? Oh. <laughs> a lot. A, a whole bunch. Exactly. A whole bunch. A whole oh. bunch. And it happens all the time. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, the, the closest one recently was Charleston. That's right. And it happens all the time. But at any rate, uh, the governor said that when he signed that bill, he reached an agreement with the legislature that they wouldn't mess with churches anymore. And they, in that bill, we made it to where there was no penalty for carrying in church, just like it should be on private property. Right. It's my property. I ask you to leave. you got to leave. If you don't leave, I call the cops. Right. You get arrested for criminal trespass. Exactly. And that's the way it should be. The the. Churches should have never been treated any other way, in my point. But it does several other things. <clears throat> it um, it offers protection to uh, firearms instructors in that if you train someone how to use a firearm and they go out and they commit a crime with it, shoot somebody, whatever, and then that person may turn around and, and sue the instructor. Yeah. And so if they are... Uh, if the if the person who received the training is acting any differently from the way that they were trained, then it gives the trainer protection over them against the lawsuit. It's that damn litigious society we yeah, live in. It's, it's that's what it is. And that's it's just exactly like, oh well, you know, it's the, it's the gun's fault. That's we're right. going to sue the gun company. That's right. Let's go do it. Oh, uh, there's also a provision right damn now. Damn liberals. <laughs> there's also a. a uh, a provision uh, right now in our law that once you become a citizen of Georgia, whatever license you had before is no good. If you say you moved here from Florida, we have reciprocity with Florida. Right. You can come up here and carry all day long as long as you're a, a citizen of Florida. Now, how long but, do you have to be here before you're a citizen of Georgia? Till you get a driver's license, basically. Okay. So okay. There's no there's no residency requirement. Just want to make sure. Right. As far as I know, there's okay. Not. Right. I know if you've got a driver's license, you can go apply for the for a firearms license. Now. The thing of it is, though, when you get that driver's license, your Florida license is no longer good. You have to have a, you have to carry on a Georgia weapons license 
in order to be legal in Georgia if you are a citizen of Georgia. So if you move up from Florida, you have to denounce your citizenship in Florida and take up, take up residence in Georgia. That's correct. However, this bill would give you 90 days to allow you to carry on that, that uh, reciprocal license for 90 days before you had to have the, gotcha. the Georgia weapon. So it, it extends the, the Second Amendment benefits for those people yeah. who should be uh, allowed to do so. Um, and there are several other things in there. We've, we've uh, run into different problems with different uh, lawsuits and things of that nature that uh, need to be corrected, and we're correcting them legislatively if we get it signed. So it, it's a good bill. It's something we need to do, and uh, we're, uh, we're working on that to try to get that done. Now, were there any representatives this year, Jerry, that try to introduce any bill <laughs> dealing with training Oh, yes, there were several. Were there? Funny you ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we, uh, that's a subject I'd be more than happy to discuss here in a few minutes. Okay. Uh, All right. right after the break here. we still got a, a little bit of time before we come up to the break, but I don't want to get started on that subject. Yeah, I, that's why I was asking. Side. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't want to get started on that subject yet. Uh, but we will certainly discuss that. I know our views are a little bit different. Uh, but I think we're closer than uh, than most people really realize. Absolutely. So uh, that that bill, but as I say, that that uh, well, and in fact, you ask if we had a, had anything on train. We've had bills that would repeal an awful lot of the things that we've passed in the last few years, and they've done it separately. For instance, one of the things that that you right now uh, a law officer in Georgia cannot detain you solely for the purpose of determining whether or not you have a Georgia weapons license, right? Well, there's a bill to repeal that. There's a bill to repeal an awful lot of different little items, like carrying in the government building. So there's bills for that. They're not going anywhere, yeah. and, and we don't have to worry about those right now. But it's an indication of what will happen if and when this state turns back to a blue state, because they will come back with the incrementalism again. Got the word this time. Got yeah. it this time. <laughs> and they will come back with that, and then we'll be sitting here arguing with the same thing. Hmm. going back where we were. And that's why we need members right now to continue the fight. Our battle is not over with because everything that we won, someday we're going to have to defend, and we're going to need people to defend with us. And there's always strength in numbers. And there's always strength in numbers. And I um, want to remind people one more time, we've got a commercial break coming up here. Uh, go to georgiacarry.org. Uh, join up. You can join up $20 a year. You can also go to uh, Newstalk1160.com and get commercial-free podcasts of this and every broadcast that we have had so far. I'm uh, at GotYourBack64 and at GeorgiaCarry.org. We'll be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio. Jerry Henry with uh, Mike Brooks. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of things now that, that um, we're going to kind of turn this show in just a conversation. We, we've talked about the gun bills. We've told you what to do on that. And we're just going to talk about different things. And one of the things that Mike's got on his mind, I'm going to make him put off a minute. Uh, he wants to talk about training. Uh, I I want to talk about it, too. But first thing I want to do is ask you a couple of questions. Sure. You're from D.C. Yes, sir. Now, we didn't tell everybody 
about your background. You've got an extensive background. From what I read, you're kind of like me. You couldn't keep a job. No. Ever, <laughs> ever since I retired, I, it's been tough to keep it a job. Been, I think you've one job for 26 years. Yeah, though. <laughs> you, you've been all over the place, done, a, done an awful lot of things, and I admire you for what you've done. Uh, but I want to ask you, being raised in D.C. and that being an anti-gun culture, yeah. when did you become or why did you become a Second Amendment advocate? Were you always a Second Amendment advocate or was that later on? No, uh, it, I, I gave up Boy Scouts to learn how to shoot a gun okay. and to join a, a rifle club. Uh, back when I was a kid, my dad, I was an only child, um, my dad had a twenty two. Bolt action in the house, and he, mm-hmm. he wanted to make sure that I knew it was not a toy. And uh, our next-door neighbors, there was three boys, and their dad was a, a lieutenant commander in the Navy. And uh, the local public school had a range. Washington Lee High School mm-hmm. had, had a range, mm-hmm. W&O High School, where my dad went to junior and senior high school. Right. So they went down there, and I'm, I'm left-handed. I shoot, I, I shoot my pistol left-handed, do everything left-handed. And so we got down, and they said, well, you know, here's – Side alignment, trigger control. I took the uh, NRA hunter safety, mm-hmm. uh, NRA ranger course, and all that. Well, um, Mr. I, I, Jim Ramsey, I'll never forget it, back when I was a kid. And uh, he said, well, why don't you try shooting on the other side? The bolts there might be. Well, my, store, my scores started coming up um, because it was associated with the um, Isaac Walton Jr. Rangers. That mm-hmm. was the uh, rifle club. And ever since that day, I've I've been, been I've been shooting, night. and uh, it, it worked out well because when I wound up going on the Metropolitan Police Department, I was with DC Police for 26 years. I spent the last six years of those with the FBI's Joint Terrorism Task Force, mm-hmm. working bombings and everything else right. overseas. But I was also a SWAT guy, emergency response team, and it was great because I was left-handed, so I, I shot a, my submachine gun right-handed. And my pistol left-handed, so when I was doing transitions, it was a whole lot easier yeah, than having both bomb. on one side. Yeah. But no, I've, I've and I've been a staunch uh, uh, supporter of the Second Amendment since I was a kid. My mom, my mom and dad, uh, same thing, same thing. Okay. And uh, when I joined the police department, in fact, I joined as a police cadet uh, when I was 18 years old. And back then, you could sign on the dotted line and give them four years of law enforcement, and they would pay. For your college, mm-hmm. and then Jimmy Carter did away with that. Yeah, um, just like he sold the <clears throat> highest point in D.C. to the Russians. But that's right. another story for another day. That's another. Um, but I, I, when I was, uh, I, I was sworn in as an officer at 20 years old. If you mm. did two years as a cadet, you could be sworn in as an officer. I couldn't even buy ammunition. Right. I couldn't buy an off-duty gun. Right. So my right. mom and dad bought me my uh, um, Smith and Wesson Model 15. Uh, two inch barrel as my uh, as my off duty weapon, and right. and we go out to the range out in uh, Warrenton, Virginia, and shoot all the time. But now, ever since then, Jerry, I've always been so, pro gun. So as a uh, as a Washington D.C. police officer, you didn't mind seeing people civilians carrying guns. It didn't bother me. Okay, no, no I, I didn't think it. I I agree from your story. I would agree with that. But yeah, you know, when you start, we we think about D.C. prior to, to Heller, and it's not a whole lot better now. I understand. And I, that's why I asked that question. No. I want to know if you were raised that way or what. No, I was right. Most in, of us were raised that way. Right. Yeah. And, uh, no, I was raised, uh, you know, from a, from a kid. In fact, I got up to life, life scout, and then I got interested in shooting. And then uh, shooting took over from there. And I never, never just shy. Yeah. I think I was four merit badges and my, and my service my service program for being an Eagle Scout, but I gave that up. You too, Marshall. Marshall's over here shaking his head. Yeah, me too, bro. And I, I gave that up so I could continue Go shooting. Shoot. You know, we went pro marks and marks and marks first class, sharpshooter, bar one through eight, expert, distinguished Good. expert. And it was all all uphill from there. 
Well, that happens a lot of times. That, that, that's a, and I'm glad you uh, you brought that up about your dad because I'm going to bring that up when we start tra- talking about this training program. So go ahead and tell us about what how you feel about training. No, you know, we, you and I, you and I have talked about this before, and I am very pro training. And it was interesting. A, a good friend of mine. Uh, who is a retired New York City fireman, uh, moved down to Greenville, South Carolina. And he's only a Facebook friend of mine. And, and, and if anybody wants to follow me on Facebook, just look for Mike Brooks, and you'll see, uh, uh, you'll see the Metropolitan Police Department badge with the emergency response team emblem. That's me. Or you can follow me on Twitter, at TV Detective, also on Instagram. And, um, and anyway, he, we were on Facebook back and forth, and he, was, he moved to South Carolina from, from New York City. And he loves guns. You know, mm-hmm. he's kind of kind of redneck. You know? Yeah, <laughs> redneck city boy. And uh, he he decided, well, I'm going to get my gun. Well, he he got he was going for his gun license, but he had to take a course. Right. And you know, I am I I never turned down any opportunity for training at all when I was uh, when I was a police officer. I was a volunteer fire chief. Also, I couldn't decide what I wanted to be when I grew up out out in uh, Fairfax County, Virginia. And, um, you know, and I, on one hand, I think before or to have a concealed weapons permit, and I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me because you do too. Yep. Um, I feel that you should have some kind of training because, look, you can go out, buy your gun, and I think that's fantastic. It's our constitutional right to go and to keep and bear arms. Go out, buy a gun. But if you're going to carry it concealed, with that, I think, comes additional responsibility. And, and you I, have to I agree have with the responsibility. Kind of I, I agree with the responsibility. There's a great responsibility Absolutely. carrying a firearm. Yeah. Because you got to know that this is not a toy. We don't pick it out. We don't pull it out and show it to kids. We don't do anything. Nope. If we need it, we're ready to use it. And, and exactly. I agree with that. And if you pull but, it out and something happens and you wind up pulling, up, pulling out that weapon and you wind up challenging somebody... You need to know where those rounds are, go- are going down I, I, range. And I'm not going to disagree with that. To me, However, gun control is being able to hit your target. I agree with that. However, one of the things that I'm going to say is that there's no government entity anywhere in this country that can tell me what kind of training I need. You can't tell me what kind of training I need just with us talking sure. here. No. If you go out to the range or we go out somewhere, you may be able to determine some of that from from some of my actions, whether I need this or whether I don't need right. this. But you can't tell me that I need four hours of this specific thing and so much shooting or so, you know, so little shooting or whatever. And when you have a government entity who does that and says, this is what you need, two things happen. One of them is the programs just turn into go, we'll go up there, sit and drink coffee for four hours, and then I'll sign off on your paperwork. Yeah, that, that shouldn't be. And the other thing is... It's, to me, it's just like a driver's license. I've done everything I need that this state tells me to do to drive. Do I need any more, any further training? No. I, I've got a, I've got my certificate right here from the state. Right. I know how to drive a car. Right. I don't need any more training. Well, we know better than that. I mean, I've got grandkids that are, are starting to drive. They need more training. Absolutely. And I have no problem with that. But when the state gives you something that says you are okay, then there's no need for you to get any more training. Our position on training is, uh, number one, uh, I mentioned something about your dad a while ago. Yeah. I believe it's the dad's responsibility to bring their children up, knowing what guns are, how to use them, when to use them, etc. Yep. If we do that, we don't need this training by the government because we'll already know what to do before we get there. I can take it down and show you my 17-year-old grandson who's been shooting now for 11 years. 
Better shot than I am. No <laughs> I two ways about it. Yeah, and know. I will assure you that he is as safe around a farm as anybody you're ever going to stand around. No doubt in my mind. Now, uh, why should the government tell him that he has to go, go spend the extra time, the extra money, get in line to get the training when he knows how to use that farm? I can't think of a good reason. I think we need to have our, our parents get more involved with our children, and that would solve a lot of the problems that we see in this world right now. Well, you know, it's funny. The other day when you were on with me on News Radio 1067 again, uh, after, after you hung up, we had some callers. I don't know if you were listening to that. I, yeah, I started to call back in. So. <laughs> <laughs> or I started to text you. I, I said no, but but there was. I think uh, there were some callers that were you know all for the training, but right. there was uh, there was one caller that said basically, look, shooting at paper isn't going to make you an expert. You're exactly no right. No matter what kind of training you have, yes, you're shooting right. at paper. You're not shooting. You know, and just yep. and that goes and, to what you're saying, right. Jerry. What I'm gonna I'm gonna partly agree with you is you know you don't know what kind of training That's I'm going to have. You and know, what kind of training I need. That's correct. And and we have people, we have members that, and we we uh, encourage them to, we have members that spend thousands of dollars a year on training because they go do a particular course. Right. And they say, I'd like to have this one. And they save up their money, and they may go back this year, they may go back next right. year. But they go and spend an awful lot of time and an awful lot of money to get their training. And it's the training that they need and want. And, and that's what we're we're about we want you to have the train basically we want you to have the right to go down get a farm use that farm carry it you know well you know what jerry i i I just again agreeing with you uh i have to say i have seen and uh you know being with special operations division dc police for years and going down range and watching just the officers Mm -hmm. the heat officers coming in there there are some men and women that look like they hit, no matter how much you train with them, it still looks like they hit that target with a shotgun. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but you know what? They're the ones who usually go out, and they get in a, shoot, they get in a, 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 a shooting situation, and they want, they wind up putting one right between the guy's running legs. Yep. Yeah. Well, there's also, uh, you know, the, the you never know what's going to happen no, what, you until you're in that particular situation. Yeah, exactly. We're coming up on another commercial break. we gotta got to pay the bills around here somehow or another <laughs> want to remind you one more time georgiacarry.org go in there's a tab that says join it's twenty dollars a year the best twenty dollars you're going to spend i uh, also want to remind you about news talk 1160.com where you can get uh, all of the commercial free podcasts for this program and we will be right back in just a second And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org. This will be our last segment. Uh, I'm here with Mike Brooks uh, from, uh, well, we're not sure where he's from. He's been sitting in on over Y106 radio. I was on his program earlier in the week. And uh, when he asked me if I would be on his program, I said, sure, all you got to do is be on mine. There you he go. He said, okay. <laughs> Actually, what he said was, I didn't know you had one. I said, well, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that, that we haven't reached, and that's what we're trying to do now. But And I'm going to go back to Newstalk1160.com and look at uh, and listen to some of the other pod, podcasts, commercial-free. So commercial-free. Right so that's a, that's, a, that's a great thing that yep. – uh, the 1160 does, having them up on their website so you right. can listen to GeorgiaCarry.org radio, right. radio. Right. Well, the last uh, last four or five have been real good. Uh, but uh, one of the things I want to tell you about, next week we have another 
special guests. We've had a couple of special guests on this. Uh, last week, we had Mark Walters from Armed American Radio, syndicated oh, yeah. uh, host. Sure. Uh, and then this year, this week, we have Mike Brooks. And next week, we're going to have a guy by the name of uh, Johnny Joey Jones. He is a retired staff sergeant from the U.S. Marine Corps, and he's Zach Brown, Southern Grind spokesman. Uh, Johnny is, I'll read a couple little things, combat wounded staff, staff sergeant uh, turned a traumatic life-changing disability into a personal mission to improve the lives of all veterans. He currently works for Zach Brown Southern Ground, which produces an array of quality products and services for all purposes, all for the purposes of financially sustaining Camp Southern Ground, a 400-acre camp and retreat for children ages 7 to 17 and military families. Uh, he's uh, if you if you read through his his lengthy biography, you get down to the last page. And this is one of the things that I I knew he was a good guy when I saw this. It says Jones resides in Atlanta with his wife Meg, his son, and their two dogs, Chief and Tucker. There so you, you know go. he's a good guy. In his spare time, he enjoys hunting, hitting the open road on his motorcycle, and celebrating the freedoms of the country he fought to protect. True and hero. Though. I am looking forward to meeting Johnny. I have not met him yet. I'm looking forward to meeting him and having a great discussion with him, hopefully like we had this week. And I believe we will. I've seen some of his podcasts. If you look him up on the Internet, uh, you will find his podcasts, and they are all uh, extremely inspirational. I, so, I bet he is. And a motivational, inspirational, oh, he is. a true hero, someone yep. who's been through that, former EOD. Yep. Man. And his, uh, one of the things that he says um, – He's, he simply believes we all need the confidence to tell ourselves it's time to get up, get over it, and get going. And that is the words for everybody to live by, especially when you've uh, when you've witnessed some of the same things that he's witnessed. Absolutely. And 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 yesterday, you know what yesterday was, don't you, Jerry? Yeah, you Today, told me that. <laughs> yesterday was National Get Over It Day, yep. so that's right on time. Right on time. And it's also right on time for all the snowflakes out there that can't get over it, that, uh, that they uh, need to get Donald over. Trump is president now. That's, that's correct. And that's one of the things that, uh, that I talk about all the time. Hey, yep. get over it, folks. Yep. Well, that's kind of the way it is. It you, is. you you got to learn that... Uh, uh, I think one of the problems this country has, speaking of getting over it, is I, I don't think a lot of people understand what liberty really means. They no. don't understand what rights are. I have the right to do almost anything as long as it's not illegal. I can't kill and things of that nature. But my rights, when I was raised, I was taught that my rights end where yours begin. We have a property line between us. We're next door neighbors. I can do what I want to on my property line, but I can't interfere with you on your, your side of the property line. And if people would stop this I've got rights, I've got to do that, you've got to do that, then and and respected other people's rights. Right. And I think that's another word that we don't use enough. Respect. We need to respect everybody's rights. No, and, and it and, seems nowadays there, there, there's no respect for there's no respect for the Constitution. There's nope. no respect for anyone's rights. Nope. There's no respect for authority anymore. Nope. And you know, you you look mm. at everything that's going on right now in the world. Uh, it's, it's, it's it's the most it's over a, the last a, over the last number of years, more anti police, yeah. anti anti authority. Yep. You know, because it's all all the the millennial snowflakes that are out there right. that think that they know everything. And it's a me, me, me. Exactly. Me. Give me. I, I I'm gotten sick almost listening to some of the, the people on that are interviewed by like um Waters on um 
Oh, yeah, on Fox News. Yeah, yeah, on Fox News. It's amazing how many idiots well, there are out there, Jerry. That's true, but, but you ask people. Uh, he, he went out and asked people one time uh, if they thought they owed the country anything. No, the country owes me. Oh, yeah. I was born here. They owe me. Why, why do I owe them anything? They don't understand where the money comes from, where the goods come from. They don't understand what it takes to build a life and build a country and keep this country going. And then we got people like Bloomberg who goes around trying to buy your rights, which is what he's spending his money on all the time right and now. And take your guns. And take your guns. Well, and that's, lie, that's and the lie right. to take your guns. That's the right. Send people down to Georgia yep. uh, under under uh, the guise of something they're not and to lie right. when you're 4473 yep. and then try to blame uh, a gun. certain company yep. that sold them a gun yep. le- totally legally and yep. try to sue them. That was such a... Uh, yep. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing is, <laughs> in, reality, in reality, that makes them... Um, uh, straw purchasers, but did they right. anything ever come about it? No, no. that no. was never mentioned. Nope, it was all on the other side of the fence. Exactly. And and uh, matter of fact, Bloomberg uh, was quoted, I think, last week as saying that um, that what Trump was doing was arming the masses. <laughs> you know, I, that's the whole purpose of it. I mean, that was what the Second Amendment was always about: to arm the masses, to protect us from an overly um, uh, invasive government, right? So, what's the matter with that idea? I don't see a problem with it. Hey, this this week already in the Atlanta area. Let me see. On Monday, we yeah. had somebody walk into a subway store in Ackworth, Georgia, right. jump over the counter. But this, and but guy. the uh, employee behind the counter was able to draw his right. gun and put one in his chest. Yep. And then the other day in uh, Riverdale, we had uh, two had thugs two people, yep. that uh, basically a home invasion yep. on someone during right. the middle of the day. And it both happened right around 1045 in the morning. Go went, break into a house. Yep. One of the thugs took one in the chest, yep. ran out the door, and he and was DRT. Died. He was yep. dead right there. Yep. And the other one got locked up. Yeah. And they, but well, I think the other one was injured. If I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, he, he was injured. And, but you and, know, yeah. you know what the bad part was? The second one, his name was Pat Kemp, and that's my cousin's name. Oh. I went, oh, no relation, <laughs> no. folks. No relation. To, no relation to Mike Brooks here. <laughs> I don't know that guy. <laughs> no, no, I never heard of the guy. But uh, yeah, but, but but you know what though? There's uh, it, there's nothing better than a good guy with a gun to yep. stop a bad. guy. I agree guy with that. And, you know, one of the things that I thought was interesting, they uh, interviewed a lot of the neighbors in there, yeah. in that neighborhood. And uh, I know one of them said, well, you know, if he wasn't doing what he had been doing, that wouldn't have happened. That's right. You know, I if, love it. until people understand that they've got to abide and respect other people's property, it's going to continue to happen. You exactly. Know? I mean, there's none of us that are that are armed that walking around looking to shoot somebody, no. or no. we're looking to even get into trouble. Nope. We're trying to stay out of trouble. We just don't want to be shot by somebody else. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I, being, you know, every once in a while I say I'm from Texas, and being from Texas, uh, we, I was brought up to where if a guy said, if you come back on my property, I'm going to shoot you, we figured he meant it. Sure. And we were always taught, if that guy says that, you don't go back on his property. If he tells you don't do this around him and he has a right to do that, you don't no, do sir. it. Because the, the only thing that's going to happen is going to be bad and it's going to be happening to you. It's and, a, as my dad always said, well, you may be right, but you're still dead. Exactly. And, you know, we, we talk about the campus carry bill, Jerry, and it's, it's near and dear to my heart because when the shooting at Virginia Tech happened, um, mm-hmm. I, had, I had two of my cousins that mm-hmm. were going to school at Virginia Tech. In mm-hmm. fact, one of them was in the next building over 
where from where the, most of the shooting happened, and he heard the gunfire, and he jumped out the window of his uh, of his classroom and went back to his dorm, mm-hmm. and uh, and and he was he was ticked because he wasn't allowed to have a, uh, yep. a gun on campus yep. because he and his and and his father and his family they are all gun people, right. but they didn't he, he didn't have that opportunity well, to now, even defend himself. Had they come in his building? Yep. Uh, as a matter of fact, you can go back uh, and do a little research, and you'll find where the president of Virginia Tech made the statement that there wouldn't be any guns on his campus, so therefore it's going to be a safe place. And that was about a year or so before that shooting. Now, you tell those people it was a safe place, and you tell the family of those people it was a safe place. Exactly. There is no safe place. The no. only gun-free zone that I know of is backed up by guns. Thank you. And what, in fact, at Virginia Tech also, uh, a guy I went to high school with, a guy, uh, Joe Samaha, his daughter was killed <clears throat> during the Virginia Tech shooting. <clears throat> and uh, it, it just it, it was tragic. Right. And, and hopefully— We'll get this through, and the mayor will—I mean, the uh, the governor will have some common sense this time, and uh, and sign that bill, and not veto it like he did last yep. time. Well, hopefully he he will sign that bill. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to to encourage him to sign that. He bill. is Republican, isn't he? Uh, it's what it says behind his name. Hmm. Okay. If you look him up, it'll I, say I it's Republican. Checking. I, well, I wasn't sure. Last time I looked, it had an R near after his name. Yeah, he did. Well, we're coming to the end of a show. We've got about 45 seconds left here, and uh, I want to thank Mike for being on here. I've had a good time. I got to know Mike quite well. It's, uh, Mike has pointed out that we've met a couple of times, and I didn't remember it. It happens and, when uh, you get old. Here. It does. And uh, <laughs> so uh, – Buddy, thank you I have very much really for having enjoyed me on, having you on here, and uh, we need to do this again sometime. I hope the the listeners have enjoyed it. I believe they have. Um, I want to remind everybody: go to georgiacarry.org uh, and sign up. You can also get the, the our podcast there, as well as you can go to News Talk eleven sixty dot com and get those news uh, pod or those podcasts there as well. We will be back next week with Johnny Joy Jones, and we will see you then. Thanks for listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.